You're listening to Hort Skills on the Plants Grow Here podcast. I'm Scott Smith, and each episode will explore an important horticultural skill. How do we measure a garden bed? Depending upon the complexity of the area, then the tools needed may vary. Simple beds may only need a standard 3, 5 or 8 metre measuring tape. In larger beds, a surveyor's chain or tape of 20 metres or 30 metres may be needed to perform chain surveying. With these special chains, each metre is marked with a yellow plastic marker. Every 5 metres is marked with a red plastic marker. Wooden pegs around 500 millimetres in length can be hammered into the ground with a wooden mallet and then a nail placed on top for hooking the chain or tape to. It can also be used as an eye point for lining up and focusing on levels. Chain surveying is a simple method to measure linear areas without the need for complex angles to be taken. The area surveyed is broken up into a series of linked triangles. The sides of the triangles are directly measured. A main survey station, i.e. a post, is the main point where two sides of a triangle meet. Chain lines joining these main survey stations and hence form the framework across the site which can be mapped onto paper or even onto computer software. Fundamentally, detailed parts of a garden can be mapped and measured from these chain lines as offsets. For example, if a line from station A to station B has a tree you wish to keep halfway along, then you measure the distance from A to B and stop at the point where the tree was, measuring how far off of the line it was as an offset. If the tree isn't actually on the line, then it can be drawn out and again measured. In this way, complex sites can be very much simplified and mapped. For larger areas, a trundle wheel may be ideal for measuring linear lengths that don't require complex mapping out, such as what you would maybe perhaps use chains and posts for. Other tools worth considering are marking paint, which will fade after a few weeks, surveyor's chalk, a cloth to clean tapes before being reeled in, because you don't want dirt and grime to get inside your measuring tape, cameras to take photos of the sites, a compass to find north in order to orientate the site, graph paper, notebooks, pens, and so on. There is also tools needed for measuring variations in site level. Tools like boning rods or T-rods can calculate fallen area, as not every bed or border will be perfectly flat and level. This may be necessary if planning, for example, drainage works, which are require a fall to carry away water. The fall is the degree that the level falls over by a distance in order for gravity to naturally lead the water away. A good fall, for example, may be around 1 in 100. So that is to say for every 100 metres long the pipe is, it will fall, i.e. get deeper into the ground, by 1 metre from the starting point to the lowest point at the end. Calculating site levels can be trickier than simply mapping out and working out distances on a flat site. That being said, relatively simple variations can be done by tapping a peg into the ground at point A and another at point B. Once a spirit level can be placed across the top, then you simply need to measure the length of the pegs above the ground. The difference between the two in height is the difference between the change in level. Boning rods, or T-rods, are used for the same purpose, but across multiple points. In this case, we want all of the rods to have the light to tops lined up. Once you can look across the top with your eye and see all the points lining up without sticking above or below each other, then the points are level. Again, we measure the lengths of the pegs to give you the variation in height between the points. 
you can measure the variation between point A to point B, point B to point C, point A to point C, and so on. More complex jobs can, of course, be left to a professional surveyor. They have all the tools and know-how to complete jobs that may be beyond an average gardener's capabilities, such as my own. Tools like the Aldolites and CAD programs on site data can be a blessing when you're facing a complex topographical site. So now we'll look at calculating a bed's volume. So to calculate the volume of, say, a rectangular or square bed, simple math comes into play. Volume is simply length times width times height. If you're creating a news raised bed, for example, and you wish to know the volume capacity of soil required to fill it, then we can work it out from this equation. Put simply, if your new raised bed is 3 metres wide by 3 metres long by 1 metre high, then the volume of soil would be 9 cubic feet. If you divide this by 27, you get cubic yards. In our case, this would equate to 0.33 cubic yards. If, like myself, you prefer to work in litres, because you typically buy compost or soil from a garden centre in bags that state litres, then 1 cubic foot is equal to 28.3 litres. So in our case, our example raised bed being 9 cubic feet would actually be 254.8 litres. A typical bag and compost in a centre varies from small bags of 5 to 10 litres right up to the largest of about 70 litre bags, after which they don't really let you buy it because it's hard to lift and there's manual handling issues. On a bigger scale, for example, let's say you've got a new border to implement and you need to work out the volume needed for an area 30 metres long, 20 metres wide and say 30 centimetres in height. Then the volume is, using our equation, would be 180 cubic feet. This equates to 5,097 litres. That's a lot of trips to the garden centre. The more sensible option is, of course, to buy in bulk from a landscaping company. This can either be in one-ton bags, i.e. 1,000 kilos, or even a loose-load dump. So a truck can come in and you can specify the quantity needed. Typically, runs can be 5, 10, 15 tons at a time. So I know what you're thinking. What does a kilogram equate to in terms of litres of soil? Well, unlike water, where one litre can be one kilo, Soil is actually 1.5, so one litre of soil is equivalent to 1.5 kilograms. So to follow our previous example, if we needed 5,097 litres of soil for our new border, then that is 5,097 times one and a half, which equals 7,645, i.e. 7.6 tonnes. So buying eight tonnes should cover you. Irregular shapes and curves can be tricky to measure or plot. A trundle wheel is of course excellent to measure the length of these, but in order to plot them is a different matter. If, for example, we have a bed we want to plot, which is a curve, then we would need to select one end as point A and the other end as point B. This would be the start and end of the bed. We would measure a straight line from point A to point B, and we would mark out significant points along this line at every metre interval. This is our baseline. Along the baseline, we can plot the offsets, i.e. significant parts. We may have a tree we need to keep and want to include it in our newly designed bed. We would measure how far along the baseline it is and then measure how far out from the baseline it is to that tree. When mapping the whole bed, then you would measure points along the baseline, i.e. 1 metre, 2 metre, 3 metre, 4 metre and so on, 
and then go out at a 90 degree tangent to measure the distance from the baseline it is to the back of the bed. At one meter along the baseline, the point coming out of the back, for example, let's say 60 centimeters to the back of the bed, that'll become point C. At two meters along the baseline, the point coming out from the baseline to the back of the bed, for example, 80 centimeters will become point D, and so on and so forth. These plot points have now got unique measurements that can be scaled down and drawn on paper. Firstly, you plot point A, you plot point B, make sure it's the right distance at the right scale on the paper. Then you can put in point C, D, E, and so on. You've got your plot points. You can join the lines up, and then here you go. You've plotted a curve. It's worth bearing in mind that if you are the recipient of a set of plans, always scale off and check the sizes. So that is to say, look at the plans and go out to a fixed point in the garden that you know is for sure a certain length, for example, the length of a building or the length of a wall. Measure it yourself and make sure it matches up to the size stated on the plans. It's amazing how often these can be off even by a small factor, which then means everything in the plan is off by a small factor. It's not an insult to the designer or the architect or the surveyor. It is worth checking yourself. It is also worth bearing in mind that newly applied soils, such as compost, mulch, etc., that go into a garden will settle. Whilst I was implementing the Chris Beardshaw Floristic Meadow at Pitmedden Garden, we ended up putting in 180 tonnes of topsoil. This initially went on just before winter, and it looked a little high, probably around a foot, 30 centimetres too high in fact. One of our senior managers actually went, Blimey, what have you put all that for on? You'll have to scrape it all off again. Ye of little faith. I knew the soil would settle, and lo and behold, it did. I can even say slightly smugly, it settled perfectly. After winter, it had settled and shrunk down, and by around May, when we were due to plant it out, it was exactly where we needed it to be. If you're thinking about redesigning your garden at home, why not go out and give it a go? Go out and measure what you need, try scaling off, try drawing your own plans. It's good fun, if nothing else, and it will make you appreciate the difficulties that some designers face. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn at Scott H. Smith, MCI Hort, Dipport, RHS. And if you enjoy content like this, why not catch my weekly article in the Press and Journal, available online. 